Well, go backwards, but then we'll fast forward a little bit into their story. Uh, Gary and Amy wanted children or wanted more children, decided uh, that, uh, that that was God's plan for their life, and God kind of played a trick on them um, and uh, gave them three. So uh, we were talking the other day, I said, you just have to be careful what you ask for, because uh, if you're not very specific, God might uh, give you more than you thought. So, uh, so they found out they were going to have triplets, and... Uh, Several weeks into the pregnancy, uh, they knew it was a high-risk pregnancy just with uh, multiples and, um, and, and other things going on, and uh, I won't say it, uh, other things going on, and, and they went to the doctor to find out, sonogram, find out uh, what they were having, uh, whether Gary's life was going to be over with three girls, or uh, life was going to get interesting with three boys, or a mixture. So, uh, so Amy, tell me just a little bit about uh, what happened at that uh, uh, at that doctor's appointment, the highs and the lows of that appointment. Okay, so um, we were 17 weeks pregnant at that point, and I was super excited because the week before they kind kind of thought, or last sonogram, they kind of thought there might be two girls and a boy, but they couldn't tell for sure. And so, you know, I was I already had two older boys, and I wanted a girl so bad. <laughs> Um, not that there's anything wrong with boys, but, um, so we went into this appointment and they confirmed it was two girls and a boy and I was so excited. Um, but then a little bit later in the, um, she was not excited. She said, once we found out we had three. Well, no, we're you're, talking you're talking about, later. about when we when we found out exactly what we were having. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when she found out we had three, she about I passed out. I was not excited. <laughs> I, was, I cried for a month, but um, so then a little bit later in the appointment, they told us that um, our girls had a condition called twin to twin transfusion syndrome, um, and basically said, "Don't count on carrying these babies because it won't happen." Um, your chances of carrying them are pretty well slim to none, um, especially being diagnosed this early. Um, so, you know, we went from this high, high, high being so excited to very low. Um, then on the way home from that appointment, I had kind of a massive hemorrhage. And so I actually thought at that point that I had lost one of the babies, um, Obviously, I hadn't. There are all three here, but um, so it was a pretty devastating day. What was the what was the, the suggestion that the doctor kind of floated out at that time? At that point, they said um, there are not a lot of good options with um, TTTS. They said, you know, there's there's a few options. One of them is. We can go in and we can remove a little bit of um, amniotic fluid that helps balance things out a little bit sometimes. Um, You can just kind of wait and see. And one of the other options is um, when one of the babies gets to the point that they're struggling for life, we can go in and we can tie off their umbilical cord. Um, And basically that baby will pass away and probably save the other two. So, Gary, that put you guys in a uh, – obviously, I know you had to be reeling from uh, from the doctor's news and, and options thrown out there like that. Um, uh, 
Uh, obviously, you didn't make that choice to end the life of um, Frankie. It would have been Frankie. It would have been Frankie. Um, Frankie, stand up for just, there she is. <laughs> um, how what did you guys talk about? How did you get to the point where you knew that's not what, that, that wasn't a viable option? Well, this was, and, and I'll go ahead and say, I mean, this was, this was nine years ago, um, obviously, and this was long before, before I, I had recommitted myself to my faith and, and Jesus Christ and, and made, made him and, and my relationship with him such a big, such a, a big part of my life. And uh, for some reason, um, and I and I talked with Tim about this uh, when he came by the house. That you know, up to that point, you know, when 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 I was ever uh, faced to think or uh, 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 spend any time thinking about you know the, the the issue with abortion, you know, I, I pretty much considered myself to be you know pro-choice. You know, it's you know it makes no difference to me. I mean, I was raised in the church. Um, but, uh, you know, for a long time I'd, I'd, I'd gotten away from that and kind of lived my own life and, uh, for myself and, and really didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ at that time. So, um, I never really spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, the, 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 the issue and, and the actual value of each and every life, um, especially an innocent one, uh, at that. And, uh, but for some reason I just, I just never, <clears throat> I knew this was going to be my only chance at having children, and um, I, but I did. I did have enough faith and and um, uh, assurance that that prayer, the power of prayer, and uh, we had a lot of people praying for us and uh, around the community, and and uh, I just something told me that um, something spoke to me that that if we just stuck it out and we prayed and and did the right thing that. You know, it would work out, and and we, and we did have that. We had a lot of prayer and a lot of support, and and a lot of a lot of people keeping us in our thoughts, and and for that we're uh, we're we're forever grateful. Um, but but each each and, and at that point when we found out we were having checkups, you know, on a, on a fairly regular basis, once a week or at that something point like that. it was weekly ultrasounds and, to check and we would, levels on the kid. And we would see you know uh, you know gradual progression. You know, Frankie, she she's. <laughs> She stuck in there and, and, and really came through and, and, and got better. I and mean, we, we had ups and downs, but for the most part, I mean, you know, she had, you know, showed progression, you know, in a, in a, in a positive way, um, just a little bit, just a little bit each and every time. And, and uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it was, even though I didn't have, I wasn't, wasn't as what I would say pro-life at that time. I mean, it was just something that I couldn't do. I knew this was going to be my only chance at having kids and, and from the time I found out we were having three, I couldn't imagine it any other way. So that's so you didn't about pass out, huh? No, no, I was. <laughs> no, that was I me. was thrilled to death. I really was. I really was. And and we'll wrap up with just this. Uh, maybe it's an obvious question, uh, obvious answer to me anyway. But uh, so making that decision, how has that changed your lives? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I guess I'm a little more crazy than I was about nine years ago. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just can't imagine any other way. I mean, there's we live for our kids, you know. And I guess I think just realizing that probably the only reason that they're here is because there were so many people praying for them. Um, you know, that's why we've decided we have to bring them up in the church. We just have to.
I'll, I'll go ahead and is this where nope. we want to close it out? I'll, I'll, I'll kind of add my point. Um, Isn't that typical? I said, you talk, I don't know, I'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do it, too. So. But uh, I, think, I, think, I think you're going to do, I mean, pretty much you're still going to do uh, your sermon today. Yeah. It's going to be based on Psalm 139. Yeah. Uh, we're, before I formed you, form you in the womb, you were fearfully and wonderfully created. Um, it's, that's a that's a, uh, a discussion that that that, that we've that I've uh, I've had before in, in the previous church. You know what that means. You know we're fearfully created, and we talked about that in our in our Sunday class today before before we came up here to, to kind of get other opinions. But um, but we are all we are all um, fearfully and wonderfully created, and we are fearfully created to because we're I, I believe we're born with an inherent instinct at a at a at a spiritual at a at a level at the soul deep within our side our, inside ourselves that there is only one person there is only one being to fear and that is God himself because he did create us to be fearful of him and uh, I did do a little bit of reading on on into all the way through well, Psalm 139 there's a verse 16 um, talks about um, the way I understand it. it depends on which which version you read but but even even while we were being created, it, it, and I believe that talks about you know our every our every day here on earth is written and planned out for us, and I that's what I honestly believe uh, that my kids were get our, our kids were given to us for um, because my kids our kids sorry our <laughs> kids, they're they're our kids. <laughs> Depends on, the day, depends on the day. This morning, Rayleigh was mine because yeah. he was throwing a fit. And, yeah. But um, I believe that that in my beginning, when I was formed, God, this is this is what God had planned for me. And um, You're preaching my sermon for me, dude. I'll take it from here. And I think I think from the very beginning, and I'm not just talking about my kids, but I th- I, I think um, everything that. That I have experienced in my life, marrying marrying Amy, that had two that had two two boys from a previous marriage. That I ain't gonna say things were easy and things were great, but now I'm I think I'm I'm thankful that 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 I married Amy, that God gave me Amy, and God gave me Cole and Braden, and now Allison. Um, I couldn't be I couldn't be prouder of of Cole and Braden. Uh, things are. Finally, starting to have the relationship that that I've always wanted, but um, I believe God gave me gave me Frankie Rayleigh and Decker to uh, to put me back on the right path, and that was a path of truth and and um, and fellowship and get to it, get to it. I can't can't stop talking until I quit crying. So, but anyway, I, I do honestly believe that our days are written out for us and planned for us if we just if we just listen, and and think and and meditate and and uh, and just try to seek God and seek seek His knowledge and what He has planned for us. So that's all I have to say. All right, Amy, uh, Gary, thank you for sharing your story. Today's message. Uh, Today's message is not an easy one. Uh, we're not going to walk out of the service today uh, with smiles on our faces and uh, our, our hearts uplifted, I, I would imagine. No matter where you fall on the issue that we're going to talk about today, 
Uh, I imagine as we leave today, our, our spirits will be just a little bit downcast. Um, but we're going to look today in Psalm 139. Gary referenced that uh, a little bit earlier. In Psalm 139, I, I believe that this psalm gives us insight into a topic, a topic that's been debated in our country since 1973 and literally before that. This passage, I believe, speaks authoritatively to the topic that continues to rip our country apart. These words of inspiration show, show to us the heart of God, I believe, on a topic that is either the greatest triumph for human rights or the greatest tragedy in the taking of human life. So today I'm going to pose a question, and my goal is not to answer that question for you. I'm not going to tell you what you should think or how you should act or where you should fall on this issue, but I hope that Scripture instead will answer it for you. And that the question, if you looked in your bulletin, the question today is God pro-life. Let me put this on the record as we start this morning, just so there's no there's no misunderstanding. You know where I come from. I come from a, a, a worldview that will be pretty obvious pretty quickly right off the bat. I am unashamedly and wholeheartedly pro-life. I believe in the sanctity of, the, of human life. I believe that life starts at conception, and I believe that standing up for and defending the rights of the unborn is our, let me rephrase that, is my duty as a Christ follower. Church, this is not an easy topic, and I can only assume that there will be some of you here today that might disagree with me. And I want you to know right up front, if you disagree with me, it's okay. I'm not here today to tell you what you should think, and I certainly don't want today to tell you that you have to agree with me wholeheartedly and 100%. Instead, I want us to see what Scripture says. I want to see what God says, and I'll let you decide. I'll let you answer that question, is God pro-life? God's Word speaks, I believe, and answers that question that's too important for us to to ignore, too important for us to brush under a, a rug, too important for us to allow other people to define. I think we have to go to God's word. So, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm, uh, Psalm one thirty nine. Now, now let me preface uh, preface what I'm going to say the rest of the way, and preface as I get ready to read this scripture, uh, a, a statement that that I want you to agree with me. This is one that I, uh, I I can't demand necessarily, but I think you you need to agree with this statement. And and this is that statement that that God's word is inspired. I, I want you to to buy into that. And, and the reality is if you don't, if you don't believe that this is God's word, that this is the inspired word of God, if you don't believe that, that this psalm that was written by David, the, the, the inspiration, the breathing of those words came from God, if you don't believe that, then, then really there's not a whole lot we can talk about. Our conversation probably ends. But, but if, if it is God's word, then, then it creates a whole different attitude for us to, uh, uh, avenue for us to look at. So, Turn to Psalm 139. If you are one that underlines or highlights your Bible, this should be one uh, set of verses that you underline. If you don't have your Bible, there's Bibles in the pew back. Uh, I would encourage you to pick those up and and follow along with me. Psalm chapter 139. We're going to read verses 13 through 16. This is what Scripture inspired by God says. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. 
because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came before one of them came to be. I want to present this morning three kind of scenarios, three thoughts. There, it's really three if-then situations or three if-then questions. So here's the first one. If, and you have to decide. I'm not going to tell you how to think. I'm not going to tell you where you have to land on this. But, but, but some of these, if this, if these are true, then, then it, then it creates something else for us. So, so here's the first one. If God, if God is God, if God is God. Church, if you wonder, and, and some of us do, if you wonder, why some people think the way they do. If you, if you just, just are exasperated on how people see this situation different, the, differently than, I'll speak for myself and, and for somebody, if, if you just wonder how can people be so confused by this, if, if, if you look at this, at this debate and it frustrates you and confuses you, and let's just be honest, sometimes angers us, if, if you wonder why that is the case, if you wonder why people can so can be so impassioned to defend a woman's right to end the life of a child that's in her body, if you wonder why some celebrities who who who, who some of your daughters and sons look up to and admire, if you can wonder why some celebrities can stand up in front of a gathering and and brag about their abortions and and talk with glowing terms and in glowing terms about ending the life of an unborn child within you. If you wonder how a group of supposedly educated politicians can stand up, can stand up and cheer, not hold their head in shame and vote with a misguided conscience for a misguided policy, but stand up with smiles on their faces and claps and cheer. A vote to end life. Not in the wound, but, but even outside the wound. If you can, if you wonder, if you wonder as a mother who's held her newborn child for the first time close to her chest and has felt the breath of that child on her cheek and felt the heartbeat of that child as it lays on her, on her chest and and remembers that same heartbeat that she felt inside of her. If, if you wonder as a dad who, who, who when that son or daughter was handed to you for the first time and, and the only thing you could think as a dad as you looked at your child was, what a miracle. But as you held that miracle in your arms, your, your thoughts went back to that sonogram that you watched a few months earlier when you saw those perfectly formed arms and those perfectly formed legs and those feet and those hands and, and, and the nose and the lips, and you were even able to tell, was it a boy, was it a girl? We hold our heads in our, 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 heads in our hands and we wonder how. How can people not see the obvious? 
But it always goes back to if God is God. If God is God. Genesis 1, 1 says, in the beginning, God. But if God isn't God, that's why we struggle to debate this issue because we come from two different worldviews. If God isn't God, but if God is God, then it changes everything, doesn't it? I'm not going to tell you where you have to fall on this issue. I'm not going to tell you what you need to think. I'm not going to tell you how, how you have to answer that question. But if God is God, then it changes everything. It changes the argument. It changes our perspective, and it changes what we, we, we think. Church, if you believe that this world exists because God spoke it into existence, if you believe that this earth is spinning on its axis and continues to do so because of God's power and purpose— if you believe that you're here because God has a plan and purpose for your life and that God sent his son Jesus who was part of the Trinity, who was there when, when, when this world was spoken into existence, if you believe that God uh, has a plan for your life and he gave his son for you, if, if God is God, then there is no other option. Church, you have no other option than to at least consider what does God say on this important Typical topic, and then follow what God says. See, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what the media says. It doesn't matter what politicians say. It doesn't matter what celebrities stand up and scream. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. If God is God, that is the only thing that matters. What does He say? See, if God is God, it changes. It changes. If God is God, it changes everything. Now you might be might be thinking, well, you still you still haven't answered the question. You you still haven't told us, uh, given us in, insight. Well, what does God say? the The truth is, we have to start with that. If God is God, and we believe that He created this, then it changes everything. The truth is that is true of uh, of every situation. No matter what you think here today, if God is God then it changes how you see everything. It changes everything about God and your relationship. But let's move on. If God if God made me. Now, now, now we're going through a couple assumptions here this morning. So, so if you buy these assumptions, I, what I say is not going to make a difference. It's probably not going to touch your heart. You're not going to buy in, but, but that's all right. Uh, but but I have two assumptions. Number one, if God is God, I believe that God is God. I believe I am here because God created this world. God's holding it in in place, and God has a plan for my life. I believe that God is God, and I believe that God's word is inspired. I believe it is God-breathed. It claims it of itself, so this book is either full of promises or it's full of lies. You, you can't have it both ways. It's got to be either God's word or it's just a bunch of words on a, on a paper that has nothing to do with anything. I believe that it's inspired. So if God's word is inspired, if God made me, let's look at those verses again. For now, now maybe this is going to answer that question for us a little bit. For you, talking about God here, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together. You knit me together in my mother's womb. We really could stop right now, couldn't we? Do we need to say anything else? 
I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are beautiful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. If, uh, if God made me, when my, when my four children were being formed, three of them in Rita's wound and one of them in another woman's wound, when my kids were being formed, God had already put together the DNA that was going to make them who they were. I, I apologize to my boys all the time. I'm sorry you're going to go bald. I, I wish you had full heads of hair. Caleb, our youngest, thinks he's going to get his mother's head of hair, but I'm noticing it's creeping back. That God, I don't know why. I don't know why God chose to do that to me and to my boys, but but he had already planned that. He had already planned he had already planned that, that my daughter was going to be beautiful. He had already planned my, my children's personalities and their height and their athletic ability and their IQ and what they were going to be like. God, if, if God, if God is the one orchestrating that for my kids and for your kids as well, if God is the one behind that while, while they're yet in the wound, He's knitting them together and putting that together. If God made me, then it changes, it changes whose I am. If God knows my days, Gary talked about verse 16, if God knows my days before one of them came to be, if according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, where it says that God has good works planned out for us in advance to do, when God already has, has opportunities for us to bless God already, while Gary was and Amy were in the wound of their mother, already had a plan in place for them. Already had a plan in place for them to make a decision. Uh, Paul, in, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, puts it this way. He says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you've received from God. You are not your own. Catch that. Uh, look to 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. Underline, in the, underline that in your Bible. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Um, if, and, and church, I'm speaking here to the church. I, I'm speaking to, to believers. I'm, I'm speaking to you. If God made us, if God made us and formed us in the wound, if if he plans for us to serve him and fulfill his purpose in him, and, and he's bought us with a price, and that price being the, 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 the life of his, his son, then it changes whose I am. I am not my own. Now, it only makes sense then that our kids then are not ours either. I often say, Gary, I'm right with you. It's in my notes here. I, I often say my kids. You struggle with that instead of ours. Oh, it's my, but I often say my kids, but, but the truth is, uh, they're not my kids. They're, they're God's. God has simply entrusted them to me and to Rita. He's blessed me with the right to be their dad and with Rita the right to be their mom. But if God knew me when I was in my mother's womb, then God 
knew my children when they were in the wound as well. And if they don't belong to me when I was, when I'm raising them, they didn't belong to me in the wound. They were God's. Matt Chandler, Pastor Matt Chandler says this. It's a scientific fact that life begins at conception. When a sperm and an egg collide, a new strand of DNA was born that was totally separate from mom's DNA on a scientific level. That baby is in your body, but is not of your body. It has its own blood, its own DNA, its own brain, its own liver. It is inside you, but it is not you. If, if God made me, then, whose am I? I'm not my own. I belong to God. And if God entrusts me with a child, it's not mine. It's God's. And then if God knows me, if God knows me, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, if you want to jot that down or look at it later, look at it now, verses 4 and 5 actually. It says, Jeremiah says this at the start of his book, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I was formed in the wound, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Before Jeremiah was born, God knew him. Notice, uh, notice what Psalm 139, go, go back to verse 1. We'll read verses 1 through 12 here. And, and just get a sense of God knowing us here. Oh, Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, oh, Lord. Now, that one, I'm like, God, then why don't you stop me? If you know the word before I say it, why don't you, why don't you silence my tongue? You hem me in behind and before you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for, for, for me, too lofty for me to attain. We can't even figure out what that means. Where can I go from the Spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, talking about the sunrise, if I settle on the far side of the sea, talking about the sunset, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, surely there's some place I can hide, right? Even darkness will not be dark to you, and night will shine like the day, for darkness is a light to you. If God knows me, then it changes. If God knows me, knows me in the wound, knows me now, if God is there at all times, if God knows me, then it changes. It changes what I do. The reality is, church, I... I, it's not much of a secret here this morning what, what I think the answer to that question is. I, I, hope, you, I hope you land where, where I think Scripture tells us God is. And it may be tough. And I tell you what, if, if God is pro-life, then we're not going to be popular. And if we stand for pro-life causes and in the pro-life camp, and if we if we advocate for unborn children, 
then the world's going to make fun of us, and we're going to be called all kinds of names. And that's okay. But if God knows me, and he made me, and he is God, then it changes what I do. Flip over to the last part of chapter 139. Let's just look at the last two verses. Johnny, you guys can come on up. Verses 23 and 24 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. What, what I'm asking here this morning, I, I, I don't want you to take what I say. You, you can believe me. You can, you can agree with me. You don't have to. I, but but I, want you to, I want you to pray, God, search my heart. And know my heart. I want you to look at Scripture and say, where is God's heart? What what does God's word say? Because it doesn't make it doesn't make a bit of difference what the world says. Because if God is God, what does He say? Search my heart, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So it changes what we do. My, my suggestion would be as church, we have to do something. I'm not going to find that for you. I, I don't know what that means. Reed and I financially support the uh, Pregnancy Resource Center in St. Joseph. When you head out, there's some resources on the, the table on the left-hand side that give you a little information about PRC in St. Joe. I think we have some people in our church that have volunteered there before. And maybe that's an avenue you can say, you know what, God, I, I may not deal with people too much, but but I can provide some, some money to PRC so they can do ultrasounds to young ladies that are trying to make a decision. Is, is, it, a, is it a glob of cells like everyone's telling me or is it a baby? And they can sit and watch that, that sonogram and see that and see the hands and the feet and the toes and the fingers and the facial features and say, you know what? It's alive. That's a baby. Or, or you can provide support to them as they reach out and, and, and provide education and testing and and, and, and support for people that have gone through abortions and find to, to find healing. Maybe that's what you can do is you can financially support PRC or or, or volunteer and, and, and find ways to do that. Maybe you can offer support to people that are in need. Uh, I don't know the situation. Some of you probably have been there before and you know someone that's going through an unwanted, unplanned or a difficult pregnancy and, and they just need someone that will walk beside them and say, you know what, I am here and, and it's going to be okay. God has this, and I've got your back. Maybe that's what you do. Is you just stand with someone and say, you know what, God has a purpose for that child, even if you don't see it. And maybe that purpose is for some other mom and dad somewhere else that are, that are praying that God will give them a child. Maybe, maybe that purpose is for them to end up there. But we have to do something. And, and maybe the something that we have to do as a church and you have to do as an individual, maybe you have to offer forgiveness. Maybe you have to offer acceptance to someone that's made this very difficult decision, that's chosen that, to end a pregnancy. And, and maybe what you have to do is speak to that person and say, you know what, God can forgive you. God can restore you. God can bring healing to your broken heart. And maybe church, that's what we have to do is make sure there's not a single person that doesn't know that God can accept us no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter what decision we've made. God can forgive 
and make whole again. Maybe that's your role, is to stand beside someone that maybe you already know and just make sure they understand 100% that God still loves them and that God can forgive the hurt in their heart. If God is God, it changes everything. If God made me, it changes whose I am. And if God knows me, we can't be unaffected. It changes what I do. Father, our world is oftentimes upside down. Black is white and white is black. Up is down and down is up. Father, there are so many voices that are screaming and yelling. And your word, your word just speaks very gently and quietly to us. And it tells us who you are. And it tells us who we are. Father, we are loved. And we are planned. And we are known. Father, help that simple, that simple truth move us and motivate us. Father, help that simple understanding of who you are and who we are guide our every thought even even father if that takes us against culture even if we're called insensitive even if if people don't agree father help us line our lives up with you for we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image in jesus name amen would you stand